0: Congressman Abraham Lincoln had worked hard to elect Zachary Taylor president in 1848, and now, as Taylor took office and Lincoln left Congress after just one term, the congressman wanted his just reward. The Illinois Whigs' two years in the House were marked by his opposition to the Mexican War, the successful War of Conquest that made Taylor a hero and got him elected president. But Lincoln had set aside Taylor's participation in the war he opposed as he campaigned tirelessly for the candidate, a career military officer, a slave owner, and a political blank slate. Lincoln had traveled extensively on Taylor's behalf, making speeches in Delaware, Maryland, and Massachusetts, as well as around his home state, and helped to disseminate mailings of pro-Taylor speeches and broadsides. In return for his efforts, Lincoln wanted to be named Commissioner of the General Land Office, a plum job for a Westerner, in charge of managing and selling public lands. This is about the only crumb of patronage which Illinois expects, Lincoln wrote, and whether it went to him or some other loyal Taylor supporter, he was insistent that it come to his state. It did, but not to Lincoln's satisfaction. Despite his pleas that the appointment of Chicagoan Justin Butterfield will be an egregious political blunder that will give offense to the whole Whig party here, Butterfield got the job. Butterfield, like Lincoln, was an Illinois lawyer born elsewhere, New Hampshire in Butterfield's case. One of his claims to fame was that he had once represented Mormon prophet Joseph Smith in federal court. Like Lincoln, he was a devotee of Whig icon Henry Clay, Unlike Lincoln, Butterfield had stuck with Clay in the brief contest for the Whig nomination the previous year, having fought for Mr. Clay against General Taylor to the bitter end. After failing to secure the land office, Lincoln was offered the governorship of the newly organized Oregon Territory as a consolation prize, but he declined the post and decided instead to return to Illinois and practice law. He rode the circuit, traveling around central Illinois wherever court was in session to take on cases, and worked on retainer for the Illinois Central Railroad. It was not so much a retirement from politics as a simple recognition that, for the time being, his moment had passed. It would take Lincoln's old Illinois friend and foe, Senator Stephen A. Douglas, to draw him back into the arena five years later. Douglas had been trying to organize the territory between the Missouri River and the Rocky Mountains since 1844. His motivations were partly patriotic. It is utterly impossible to preserve that connection between the Atlantic and the Pacific if you keep a wilderness of 2,000 miles in extent between you, he reasoned. It was a national necessity that the Indian barrier must be removed, the tide of emigration and civilization must be permitted to roll onward until it rushes through the passes of the mountains and spreads over the plains and mingles with the waters of the pacific but of course creating that connection would serve douglas personally as well douglas had his eye fixed on the presidency illinois lieutenant governor gustav kerner wrote he expected to get the nomination in 1856 but of course he must get the south and they gave him to understand that if, in organizing the territories, he should exclude slavery under the Missouri Compromise, he would not get any Southern support. These personal and patriotic interests were not mutually exclusive. Douglas could boost his presidential aspirations not only by using the legislation to prove his Southern bona fides, but also by making his Western backers happy with a Northern route for a transcontinental railroad and opening new territory to white farmers. It was a win-win-win for Douglas. In previous Congresses, Southern opposition had blocked Douglas's efforts. They feared the creation of new free states north of the 36 degrees, 30 minutes latitude line established by the Missouri Compromise in 1820, and they wanted a transcontinental railroad built through the south, not the north. The Bill Douglas reported from his Senate Committee on Territories on January 4, 1854, attempted to assuage southern concerns. It proposed splitting the territory into two areas, Kansas, stretching from latitude 37 degrees on the south to 40 degrees on the north, and a much larger, Nebraska, which included today's South and North Dakota, from 40 degrees north to 49 degrees north immediately that created the suspicion that douglas's motive was to create one free state and one slave state such a result might have been in douglas's mind but there were also practical reasons for dividing the territory not the least of which was its enormous size